This is a reminder you're listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show live and participate in the quiz and the prizes and all the other fun things that happen on Faith FM Breakfast Show, then simply download the Faith FM app available on Apple or Android platforms. Welcome back, everybody. This is The Breakfast Show with the Double L Team, Lyle and Liam. Of course, what a time in which we live right now. What a time to be alive. Indeed. We're just listening to uh, you know some of the latest crazy stuff that is happening around our world in New Zealand last night. The house in which you slept last night, whatever, wherever you slept last night is where you sleep for the next four weeks. Lockdown. No questions asked. If you don't like it, stiff bickies. Yeah, that's pretty full on. Pretty full on. And of course, you know, here in Australia, what are we? Hours away from the same thing? Who knows? If, uh, yeah. I think it's inevitable. The good, the, the good news is, the good news is that right here at Faith FM, our intention is to continue on. So far, news media is seen as being an essential service. There are no, re- no, no regulations shutting us down, and so we don't intend to leave you either. If someone comes down with the virus, well, we'll pass it on to somebody else. We'll cross that bridge when Not we the get virus. To no. We'll, we'll <laughs> the messenger, show. we'll <laughs> angel it to someone else. There will always be somebody here to uh, to be with you. And, of course, the big the big news is that uh, this Saturday morning, we've been talking about this on a regular basis. We need to keep reminding you that this is the place to go on a Saturday morning for your interactive talk back. Bible study, small group Bible study time. It'll be a little bit of a bigger group right across Australia, but let's gather together. Let's form some on-air, on on-air community during this time of tremendous challenge. Let this, let's spend this time in, uh, in, in, yeah, just sharing with each other and communicating together and sharing the Word of God because we have the technology, we have the ability to be able to do it. Radio has been around since the 1800s. And it's just great technology. When everything else goes bust, the radio waves this are still there. This thing sticks through. Of course, uh, there is the app and there is the website, Faith FM Australia app. Make sure that your family and friends who don't get the radio signal get the app or go to the website, faithfm.com.au and press play. There we go. All right. Quiz time. Our quiz for this morning. We have a new one because our last one was solved. So, what city am I? An old prophet in this city lied to a man of God from Judah who was later killed by a lion because he believed in the prophet. So it's a bit of a mouthful, that one. Okay, run that past me again. <laughs> I know the story, but I was... Now, that time I... Um, I act- it wasn't me fumbling that time. That's just a tricky, a tricky clue. No, no, that's a tricky... I was, I was actually looking up uh, the book of Daniel, and so I missed the first half of An the... An old prophet in this city lied to a man of God from Judah who was later killed by a lion because he believed in the prophet. If you think you know the answer, give us a call at 1-800-324-843 or send us a text at 0491-064-669 and you will be receiving a copy of Nature's Superfoods, Simply Natural Super Healthy. It is not that one. So we still have our double prize up for grabs. So with this Gift you'll be with this prize. You'll be able to make your own restaurant at home, and we expect names of restaurants and what you'll be serving at your restaurant. Yeah, what's your branding? What are you going to call your home restaurant? La Restaurant. What is, what's it going to serve? What kind of cuisine is your restaurant going to serve? Our restaurant, I can tell you right now, our restaurant is going to be serving plant-based cuisine, and I'm just going and, and uh, it's going to be called Shell's Sandwich Bar. 
There you go. The reason being is my wife makes the most amazing gourmet sandwiches on the planet. So Shell, Shell Sandwich Bar will be serving sandwiches to myself and my son uh, for the rest of the quarantine. And it will be uh, – they will be plant-based. So plant-based foods are very trendy. Very nice. Super trendy uh, trendy little uh, home restaurant that's going to be taking place there. And uh, very, very healthy. So it's going to be – so we're going to have a bit of an immune-boosting theme to very our nice. home restaurant. Get your veggie delights on there. Absolutely. Um, lots of leafy greens. Tomatoes, um, carrots, cucumber, yep. the yep. whole nine yards. Uh, I'm not sure about carrots. We have carrots on sandwiches – Carrots on sandwiches? Yes? No? No, we're getting the no oh, from all that. All right. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> a bit of a crunch. You know what I used to have in my... <laughs> you producer, know what I used to have... Shell is, her brain is just exploding at the idea of having <laughs> carrots on sandwiches. Well, producer Shell's going to have an even bigger fit with what I'm about to say. When I was at school, for my school lunch, I used to get a salad sandwich packed with all the, all the great salads. Yep. And on one half, one slice of bread, I had peanut butter. On the other slice of bread, I had chocolate spread. And I whacked it together. Oh, oh, oh. oh and I tell oh, you that's what. disgusting. Oh, I loved it. It was great. With salad in between. With salad in between. Oh, it was, it just. Liam, this explains everything. It just did what I needed. It <laughs> did what it needed to do for me. I loved it. Yeah. So that gives you a little bit of an insight into my life. When I was at school and my dad used to make our lunch, it was a Tupperware container. Mine was in a Tupperware container Yeah, you'd get the Tupperware container, round Tupperware container. He would place an apple, a tomato, a carrot, um, sometimes a wedge of cabbage, or a turnip, sometimes, um, and a Marmite sandwich. Right. That That was kind of our lunch. And you know what? You didn't want to put all the salad in with the Marmite? Well, you could kind of eat them at the same time if you wanted, but I never used to. I used to eat them one at a time, just just, just you know, munch away on them. There you go. And the other Eating students, cabbage. The other cabbage is awesome. Um, I've never had it raw. Raw cabbage is amazing. It's so juicy and fresh. It's just like whoa. Mm. Um, sometimes, uh, and and of course, the other kids at school would have uh, like hot dogs and stuff like that. Yeah. And they'd look at my lunch like, what the heck? But that was kind of uh, you know when you grow up in a single parent. Home and your single parent is dad. That's kind of that's a dad lunch right <laughs> that's there. What you can do. <laughs> um, Toasty sandwiches every night. But I got to say, it was healthy. Yeah, that's good. And when we got home, um, we would get a big dollop of ice cream in a bowl and say, "Go down to the berry patch and have dinner." <laughs> <laughs> you just go down there, raspberries. We had fourteen different kinds of berries growing on that property. He, he really I went all what, out for lunch. I tell you what, if we were still living on that property in Glenhue and Tasmania right now, where we had a hundred fruit trees. Of various types, we had um, a huge garden. We had fourteen different kinds of uh, berries and small fruit that were growing. Um, My mouth could, is melting. You could you could go into you you could go into lockdown, uh, Corona lockdown. We would literally live the dream. Like queens, oh kings my queens. word! Everybody else would be like struggling along, and we're like, here we are in the land of milk and honey and plenty. That would be living the dream, yeah. as they call it. We we went Living on, we on went top on, of the we world. We went on a holiday one time to Western Australia to visit my maternal grandparents, and I know I'm getting sidetracked here, but we did we did this holiday, and when we came back, we were broke to the max, like stone broke, ridiculously yeah. broke, because uh, we've gone for four months, and uh, it was a bit of a working holiday kind of thing, and <clears throat> um and, and and then when we got back, we had no money, and so we had to live off what was growing wild in our garden. 
right? So not what had been planted, but yeah. what had planted itself in our four months of absence, and we did just fine. Yeah. We just lived off it. That would have done you for quite a while, I'd imagine. Yeah. And here's the interesting thing. During the Second World War, they estimated that the average Briton could produce, um, what was it, 70% of their food straight out of their backyard. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Liam, you got something you need yeah, to Yeah, I've well. just uh, got something coming up. So on Sabbath, on Saturday morning, we're going to be doing our, our Bible study lesson from 9.30. However, in the afternoon uh, online, there will also be a cell phone evangelism training, which will be live on Facebook, I believe. Um, and it will be at 2 p.m. to 3 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard, Eastern Daylight Time, daylight ta- time rather. It'll be on Adventist World Radio. And so go to AWR Facebook. Yep. And you will find it right there. Yep. And it will be coming from Silver Springs. What does MD stand for? Maryland. Maryland. Yes. And it's all about, what's it all about? Learning uh, how to evangelize or, or connect with others over the phone. It's called cell phone evangelism. Yeah. Uh, we need to, tra- well, we don't need to translate that because we watch American television all the time. Uh, we would have to translate phone. it. We would have to translate it if it was the other way around. Yeah, <laughs> because if we ran it, we'd call it mobile phone uh, evangelism, and the Americans would be like, "What is a mobile?" I phone? don't understand. What's <laughs> mobile? Uh, don't, it's like you don't. I just don't want to turn enough, enough um, Australian. Um, you can you, you know? Use it. Anyway, um, how you can be useful uh, doing evangelism at home? There you go. All right, we need to. Uh, wow, we need to get to our Bible study. We got a bit sidetracked there, didn't we? We did. Very but the good things to be sidetracked about. Indeed. We live in exciting times. We should be exciting. Salad sandwiches okay. with peanut butter and chocolate spread is certainly something to get sidetracked with. Yeah, so this is going to be something that's going to go right along with uh, Dr. Sven Erstring was talking about, um, how to be church at home, so micro churches, and how to do evangelism from home. If you are looking for some ideas, then... This is kind of one of the places where maybe you should start is this Saturday afternoon. Go to AWR uh, Facebook page and look for it right there, Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Okay, Daniel chapter 12. Let's get into a Bible study. Maybe we, we should do that instead of uh, telling stories. The, yeah, Well, they're good stories, I've got to say. Back in the day. Way back when I was a little tacker. <laughs> Not that that was very long ago. Uh, you know, yes. Last week. <laughs> For you, that was a very, very, very short period of time it ago. Was. For me, it was the... Um, last century. The late 70s, early 80s. Okay, uh, let's see here. Daniel chapter 12, and let's go to... Verse 6 and 7. 6 and 7. Nah, verse 5 and 6. 5, 6 and then 7? Yeah. Okay, here we go. Then I, Daniel, looked and saw two others standing on opposite banks of the river. One of them asked the man, dressed in linen, who was now standing above the river, how long will it be until these shocking events are over? The man dressed in linen, who was standing above the river, raised both his hands toward heaven and look, took a solemn oath by the one who lives forever, saying, It will go on for a time, times and half a time, when the shattering of the holy people has finally come to an end. All these things will have happened. This is an interesting little verse right here. It's interesting how the Bible affects culture. Yeah. And there are so many things that we do culturally that 
we just never recognize, you know, that came from the Bible. Yeah. So here you have, you know, this angel swearing an oath. Yeah. And he raises his right hand to heaven. How often do you see in so many different cultures right around the world, even cultures that have no Christian background whatsoever at all, have adopted this culture? Obviously, it comes from, you know, Western Christianity. Yeah. Of when you swear an oath, you raise your right hand. I mean, what's the symbolism of raising your right hand? When a president is inducted into presidency, he puts his one hand on the Bible yep. and the other hand... His right hand. Right hand up in the air. And what he's doing is he is copying what is taking place. The Bible says the man clothed in linen on the waters of the river held up his right hand. And this is what's interesting. And his left hand to heaven. So we place our left hand in the Bible and raise our right hand. Yeah. Whereas... You know, this particular angel raises both hands to heaven. Yeah. So when he swears an oath, it's both hands up. Uh, which is kind of interesting. It's a little bit like the kind of way that they pray in Islam. Yeah. And so maybe this is, maybe this is, uh, we need to maybe dig into this a little bit further. Maybe this is just Middle Eastern culture. Yeah. And maybe the reason that the angel is doing this is because he's speaking to Daniel and Daniel is a part of, you know, that whole Middle Eastern culture. Maybe that's what they did back in the day. And maybe because that's what they did back in the day, they still do it in Islam today. Um, and we've adopted, you know, aspects of it across into Western culture. Maybe that's the origin of it right there. Yeah. Maybe, maybe the angel is not instituting something new. He's just like, okay, this is where we are. We're in the Middle East, so we'll do it this way. You know, if I was in South America right now, I might do it differently to this, but this is the Middle East, so we'll do it this way because Daniel will understand what's going on and everybody who reads the book will understand what's going on. Yeah. And two and a half thousand years later, we're like, wow, that's kind of, that's interesting how, you know, something affects the world so universally. Yeah, I went to a, a mosque, a, a Muslim mosque, for the first time last year after the Christchurch church bombings, you know, to show uh, the Christchurch church attack, rather, um, to show my support for, for them. And Their religious liberty. Yeah, and I, uh, it was, you know, it was very eye opening to learn about how this other Abrahamic, Abrahamic faith approaches their, their lifestyle and their religion and how they sort of run their things. It was really interesting to, to hear what they had to say about how they ran things and, and what their take was on what was happening at the time. Did they give you a tour or a study? or They went through a basic sort of um, service so yep. where the, the men and the women were separated. They told us why, actually. They said that the reason why they, why they do that is because if they are all together, then the men may get distracted because when they bow... Yeah, the it's, a modesty issue. yeah it's a modesty yeah. issue. You don't want to be praying with... Um, it's not necessarily a... I, the way that they may they may do it could be, come across as sexist. Um, however, from what I got from them, the purpose was respect. Well, and, and this is this is what I received as well. You know, because when uh, a Muslim person a person prays, they put their forehead on the ground yeah. and put their you know their butt in the air. Yeah, and they do that facing Mecca, and they do that you know all lined up. Um, in rows, yeah, and what they were just saying is like, well, you don't want to uh, have somebody, you know, acting inappropriately or being disrespectful if there is a woman in front of them who is, you know, doing this at the same time, yeah. Um, whereas we divided it up this way, it's exactly the same reason we divide up um, in the in, in our tradition in our faith when we do foot washing, yeah. It's just a way of showing respect, yeah, um, and making it more meaningful, yeah. Um, I think that's a you know it's very reasonable and practical. I don't see any any uh, issues with that whatsoever at all, um, <clears throat> because of the the way in which because we don't put our forehead on the ground when we pray, it's not an issue for us. Yeah, 
when when they the only thing that really got to me is when they did pray to Mecca because and it, this is simply a personal thing because of the way my head works <laughs> the way that their church is set up when they bow toward the direction that Mecca faces it is not at a at a natural angle so it's <laughs> no because most of the time there's not a natural angle in rega- regards to the way that the church is built so it's not yeah. 90 degrees to one wall or, or something it's directly in line to Mecca and for me I like things to be exact and to be certain and when it was slightly off centre it just messed with my head a little bit <laughs> but that, I'm sure they would have had lines on the floor so that you knew which way to, exactly yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, and that's because and that helped and that, I think one of the main reasons for that is because um, you know here in Australia as in many countries when they purchase a place of worship it's usually um, a place of worship that used to be a Christian church that has been aligned with the street yeah Rather than rather than with Mecca, yeah. and so they're going to face you know the corner rather than the front of the building or whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, whereas if they built their own they were, mosque, they were facing Mecca. slightly right to the corner, and that's the bit that <laughs> rather than directly into the corner, yep. it was just slightly right to the corner. Yep. But yeah. Oh yeah, well. Hey, if you go to the uh, Newcastle Mosque, you'll find them pretty much facing into the corner to face towards yeah. Mecca. But no, it was really interesting learning about the Muslim faith. Yeah. Wonder how wonder how you do that if you're a Muslim and you're in space, like in the space station or something like that. Yeah, what direction would be? Well, you, you'd, you'd be you'd constantly have, changing. Well, you, what you, what you would have is the equipment to be able to find where Mecca was. Yeah, you'd have to you'd have to take time. But from when you started praying to when you finished praying, would Mecca still be facing the same direction? I'm sure that God is big enough to understand. <laughs> and I'm sure that's the attitude that Muslims take. Yeah. I don't think they're too pedantic about this kind of thing. And I don't think that we need to be either. Once again, that's the way that my head works. Yeah, <laughs> it just, goes pretty crazy It raises sometimes. interesting questions between interesting uh, different um, practices with uh, various traditions and faiths that there are. Yeah. And I mentioned foot washing because that's one of the interesting uh, practices in the Adventist church that yeah. you often don't find in, in, in other churches today. It used to be very common. Um, but it's something that we do uh, in obedience to the words of Jesus. Yeah. Um, you'll find it, you know, John chapter 13 and so forth, where he tells us to do it four times uh, in preparation for the communion service. Yeah. I went so, to um, a Catholic school and they did it once a year as part of the Stations of the Cross yeah. ceremony, getting ready for Easter. Yep. Used to be very common in uh, evangelical churches as well, you know, sort of like 150, 200 years ago. But uh, very rarely, sometimes you'll find it, you know, during special occasions like uh, like an agape feast or something yeah, like that with yeah. some of the charismatic churches, which is always a nice thing to do. Anyway, coming back to verse 7 here, you have this man clothed in linen and he swears this oath that it shall be a time, times and a half when he shall have accomplished to scatter the power of the holy people and these things shall be finished. Now, that is one of seven places in the Bible that this time period, time, times, and half a time, is referenced. Yep. Now, time, times, and half a time, as we've noted before, is a Hebrew way of saying one year, two years, and half a year. And the biblical year is 360 days long. Now, we can confirm this in a number of cases. If we go back to Daniel chapter 7, for instance. Daniel chapter 7 and verse uh, 25 It says, he will speak great words against the Most High. He will wear out or persecute the saints of the Most High. Think to change times and laws. And they, that's the saints of the Most High, will be given into his hand until a time, times, and dividing of time. Half a time. 
So one year, two years and a half a year, that is three and a half years. And of course, the biblical year, not the Jewish year, the biblical year is 360 days long. Yeah. Some Jews still keep the biblical year. Karaite Jews still keep the biblical year, uh, which involves every fourth year you have an extra month added in to resync the calendar. Right. A 20-day month. It's called Adar 2. So you have Adar 1 and Adar 2. Now, if you go over to the book of Revelation, you're going to find that this same time period is repeated again. Um, so we're going to go to Revelation chapter 12, and we'll be back with that passage right after we listen to Chelsea Moon with Jesus the Lord.
host, Chelsea Moon, with Jesus, the Lord, my Saviour, is... Time for another quiz. Another clue. clue from our quiz this morning. What city am I? A man and his whole family were spared because he showed spies from the house of Joseph how to get into this city and attack it. A man and his whole family were spared because he showed spies from the house of Joseph how to get into this city and attack it. Number to call is 1-800-324-843. Give us a call right now or text us on 0491-064-669. That's a rather obscure... I've noticed that a number of the clues that I've Clue. that I've found are I really, quite really like I'm just fascinated with that. I wish I had some time to cogitate on it, but we don't. We need to get into our Bible study. Before we do, two big things to remind you about. Of course, make sure you tune in on Saturday morning for your live interactive uh, on-air small group Bible study from 9.30 to 10.30 right here on Faith FM. Make sure that you are a part of the program. And, uh, of course, um, remember that on Saturday afternoon at 2 o'clock, go to Adventist World Radio, that's AWR Facebook page, for a live streaming event on how to do mobile phone evangelism, how to be a part of a microchurch and how to do evangelism from your home. And with the lockdown just uh, tightening right up, it looks like this is going to become more and more and more and more relevant uh, the further time goes. Okay, so getting back into our Bible study, we were heading to Revelation 12, but I changed it. We're going to go to uh, Revelation chapter 11 instead. And we noted that both passages in Daniel chapter 7 and chapter 12 that reference this period of three and a half years, time times and half a time, refer to the persecution of God's people. Now we go to Revelation chapter 11 and let's read here uh, verse 3, please, Lynn. Verse 3. And, uh, and I will give power to my two witnesses, and they will be clothed in burlap and will prophesy during those 1,260 days. Okay, 1,260 days, if you take the biblical year of 360 days... 1,260 days is exactly three and a half years. That's the same time period that we had in Daniel chapter 7 and Daniel chapter 12. And once again, we have God's witnesses here in this case prophesying in sackcloth or burlap or under persecution. That's a symbol of being under persecution. So all three of these passages now reference the persecution of God's people. Now we go over to uh, Revelation chapter 12. And verse 6, if you could read that one for us, please. Revelation 12, 6 says, And the woman fled into the wilderness where God had prepared a place to care for her for her for 1,260 days. Okay, so here we find that the woman. What does a woman symbolize in Bible prophecy? Uh, the bride that God has gone to prepare a place for. Yes, which is who? Which is us. That's right. So woman in Bible prophecy symbolizes a church. In this case, you're correct because it's the uh, bride that God has gone to prepare you know, a, a place for, which is God's church. Of course, you have other women in the Bible, such as the great harlot. Yep. That's not Christ's bride. No. He is not marrying the great harlot. No. Um, he is, uh, that is the Antichrist. Okay, but notice here you've got the woman and she is fleeing into the wilderness. 
uh, for 1,260 years. And you're finding, once again, God's church is being persecuted here. So the theme all the way through, whenever we come to this 1,260-year period, is persecution. This is repeated again in verse 14. If you could read that one for us, please. Verse 14 says, Pardon me. Uh... But she was given two wings, like is that the right one? Mm-hmm. But, but she was given two wings, like those of a great eagle, so that she could fly to the place prepared for her in the wilderness. There she would be scared for. There she would be cared for and protected from the dragon, for a time, times and half a time. Okay, so this is a repeat of verse six. Yep, it's just repeating exactly the same thing again, and this is you know the Bible often repeats itself. And this time you have time, times, and half a time. So in uh, verse 6, you have 1,260 days. Here you have time, times, and half a time. So we know that we are correct in identifying a time as a year, times as two years, half a time as half a year. We know that we are correct in using the biblical 360-day prophecy because um, these are parallel verses. Let's do one more. Let's go down to chapter 13 and verse 5. Okay. Chapter 13 and verse 5. When the beast was allowed to speak great blasphemies against God, and he was given authority to do whatever he wanted for 42 months. 42 months. So we've got time, times, and half a time. We've got 1260 years, days, sorry, and 42 months, 30 days to a month. It's the same time period again. And once again, this is the time period in which God's people are persecuted and the beast speaks blasphemies. Now, we've studied this in detail in the past and found that this is the time period of the Dark Ages. Yep. That God's people, God's church is going to be bitterly persecuted during the Dark Ages. And that as a result of that, the um, uh, you know the, the Antichrist will be in power during this time. And in many respects, this is what creates the Dark Ages. Yeah. There is a reason why you know civilization just walks backwards for this very, very long time period of like 1,500 years. Yeah. Civilization is going forward, you know, mathematics, engineering, science, everything is, is just is just roaring forward under the, you know, the, uh, the Persians, the Greeks, the Romans. And then technology just vanishes. And you have these, you know, these tribes from, you know, the north of the empire who are now living in the ruins of the Roman Empire and wondering what kind of great civilization it was that preceded them and really having no idea what kind of a civilization that it was. You know, you look at the Saxons living in wooden buildings in Britain, for instance, the Anglo-Saxons, and wondering, you know, where did these stone buildings come from? How do people even build with stone? How did this happen? And really having no idea. It looks like the Romans, they must have been a super race that existed before us. Yeah. And so the world just goes backwards, way backwards during the time of the Dark Ages. And, of course, it's a time of tremendous persecution. Now, one of the things that drove the world into the Dark Ages was the effort to control the religious population of the world. Um, And, of course, this was headed up by Rome. And they recognized that while ever people had the Word of God, they had the Bible, they would not be ignorant and they could not be controlled. And so the only way to control the world was to control the world through ignorance. 
And so learning and science and languages, you know, learning the Greek language, you could use, lose your life for learning the Greek language. Yeah. You could lose your life for owning a page of the Bible. There were so many things that you could lose your life for because, you know, there was this tremendous anxiety and fear coming out of the church in Rome that, you know, if people had access to the Bible, then maybe they, well, to be kind of blunt about it, wouldn't be getting money. Yeah. Um, Christianity has a very torrid history, and we need to recognize the fact that we have, as Christians, done terrible things in the past. And this 1260-year period that we are given right here is really covering that whole history of where Christianity is going to, in the name of Christ, do some of the, commit some of the worst atrocities, ethnic cleansings, genocides that you can even begin to imagine. Yeah. I mean, just stuff that is just off the charts. More people dying during that time period as a result of persecution than any other time period, making Christianity the most violent religion that ever exists. Let's not be a part of that. Let's be followers of Jesus Christ instead. This is Cardiphonia Music. Oh, when shall I see Jesus? Let's focus our eyes on Him. Jesus 
team here at Faith FM want to encourage you to share God's love with those around you, to stay positive and to stay connected in this virus season. Check on your neighbours, especially elderly neighbours as they may be unable to visit the shops or see family due to quarantines. A note under the door or a letter in the mailbox works too if you want to maintain your distance. Little things like this make a huge difference to someone who might be struggling to get by. You're listening to Faith FM. Positively different radio. Are drugs or alcohol a problem in your life? Alcohol Drugs Assist, or ADA, is a 12-step recovery program designed to help you escape the hold of addictions in a friendly and judgment-free environment. ADA meets regularly, and if you'd like to attend, give Peter a call or text on 0487 907 879. That's 0487 907 879. Now that 
that I'm in trouble Stand by me to the end, oh, oh I want you to stand by Welcome back, everybody. That was uh, Solsters with Stand By Me, Father. Let's have a clue for our quiz real fast there. Liam, what have you got for us? Next he clue has- for the quiz. Sorry, I, just, I, I lost it, but I found it. Next clue for our quiz is Rebecca's nurse, Deborah, died and was buried under an oak tree here in this city. Hmm, okay. It's a tough cookie to crack. Yeah, this I'm going to write something down in a moment, but we've got a big question of the day, so uh, let's go to our question of the day. Okie dokie. Francisco Ribera, okay, was this person, was he the person that reinterpreted the Daniel chapter 9 time prophecy and also brought the concept of the secret rapture to us? Yes and no. Yes and no. So you could say that and you could also not say that. Yep. Okay, so here's what uh, here's, uh, the history of Francisco Ribera. Let's, let's, let's go back to the great uh, Protestant Reformation of the 16th century. We'll get through this as quickly as we can. In our remaining time, you had universally across all Protestant churches uh, the principle that uh, well, there was a number of founding principles. The number one was the Bible and the Bible alone. Number two was salvation by grace alone. This was the principles of the Reformation. Number three was the eschatological interpretation. Eschatology means the way they interpret Bible prophecy. Universally, they all agreed that uh, the Bible was crystal clear that the Church of Rome was the Antichrist. 
And so when they um, started the Council of Trent in, in, uh, in uh, 1545, uh, which lasted for 18 years, these were the three big things that they really had to deal with. And so they had to deal with you know the inspiration of Scripture, whether tradition was equal to Scripture or not. They had to deal with the concept of grace, and they have to had to deal with the eschatological problem. Now that eschatological problem was handed over to a brand new organization called the Society of Jesus, otherwise known as the Jesuits, that had been founded a few years previously by a Spanish general by the name of Ignatius Loyola. Now, the Jesuits set to work to come up with an eschatological interpretation, reinterpretation of the prophecies of Daniel and Revelation that did not include the church in Rome as being the Antichrist, the Vatican. And Francisco Ribera was um, one of the first ones to come up with an alternative idea, and basically his idea worked like this. He said, no, the Antichrist is not a state Neither is it a church. The Antichrist is an individual. And that Antichrist will only reign for a seven-year period at the very end of time. And so basically the idea was that you don't need to worry about the Antichrist because uh, the Antichrist won't exist until the very, very end of time. Um, That was Francisco Ribera uh, in 1592. In uh, 1609, you had another theory that came out from... um, and his name will come to him in a moment. But the the other theory was that the theory of preterism that all prophecy was fulfilled under the Roman Empire. So once again, well, it can't be us because it was fulfilled before we came into existence. Yep. And so both of these sort of prophecies pointed completely op- uh, methods pointed completely opposite directions. Coming back to Francisco Ribera, that theory was really refined by one of the most influential Jesuits who ever lived, a man by the name of Robert Bellarmine. He was British, and he's considered to be the most influential Jesuit who has ever lived uh, because of the way he changed the theology of Protestantism. Now, it wasn't him directly. It first came into Protestantism in the early 1800s. But before we get there, we have to go to another Jesuit by the name of Emmanuel Lacunza. Because he took the seven-year tribulation that Francisco Ribera had come up with, um, invented out of thin air, and he added to it a two-stage second coming. So you had a second coming at the beginning of the seven years. You had another one at the end. The righteous are taken to heaven at the beginning. The righteous come back at the end. Kind of that's that's what Emmanuel Lacunza came up with in 1816. In 1833, it for the very first time entered Protestant church through a man by the name of John Nelson Darby, who founded a cult called the Plymouth Brethren, and Edward Irving, who was an Anglican priest. They began to preach these theories, and one of Edward Irving's um, uh, parishioners was a young girl. Uh, She was 15 years old. She dabbled in witchcraft. She was into spiritualism. She went to seances. She used to do levitations, all that kind of thing, Um, and still attend church as well. Teenage girls do have a temptation towards that kind of thing. And she had a dream one night in which she saw that the first stage of Lacunza's two-stage second coming was a secret rapture. That is the origin of the secret rapture. So yes, Francisco Ribera sort of lit the flame and it was Margaret MacDonald who finished it off. This is Chris Rice. Let me go I rest my weary soul in thee 
give thee back the life I owe That in thine ocean depths its flow May richer, fuller be O light that followest all my way I yield my flickering torch to thee My heart restores its borrowed ray That in thy sunshine's blaze its day Brighter, fairer be O joy that seekest me through pain I cannot close my heart to thee I trace the rainbow through the rain And feel the promise is not vain that morn shall tearless be O cross that liftest up my head I dare not ask to fly from thee I lay in dust life's glory Blossoms rest, life that shall endless peace, life that shall endless peace, endless peace, endless That was Chris Rice with Oh Love That Will Not Let Me Go. We've got a couple of things we've got to talk about right here at the end of the program. Uh, Liam, and one of those, of course, is this Saturday morning between 9.30 and 10.30. There will be a small group Bible study, interactive talk back right here on Faith FM for everybody who is planting a church in their home this weekend. So we're going to provide that little service for you. You can listen to us on the app, Faith FM Australia. Um, or you can listen to it by uh, faithfm.com.au online, or you can listen if anywhere you've got a good uh, signal. Liam, what are we giving away at the end of our show? First caller through. This morning, we are going to be giving away a copy of God's... Oh, I haven't got the full title here. Hang on. Uh, to Know God by Morris Vendon. Okay, so here you've got some uh, reading material to use during the corona lockdown. We're all going to need to have a bit of that. So, uh, yes, please do um, jump in there and 
Um, be the first caller through. You're going to have a book coming your way about knowing God. Indeed. 1-800-324-843 or send us a text at 0491-064-664. And, of course, we like to encourage people to study their Bibles more. If you go to Discovery Centre, the Adventist Discovery Centre, you can find my Bible course or you can find a number of Bible courses there that you can do during the lockdown online. Don't forget to talk faith, live faith, act faith, and you will grow strong in Jesus Christ.
You're listening to Faith FM. It would sweep. 